0: From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked on Chiefs podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Locked on Chiefs. I am Seth Kaiser with The Athletic here with the esteemed, the unmatched, the immeasurably wonderful Ryan Tracy with RGR Football. How's it going, Ryan?
1: I feel lightly (laughs) sautéed.
0: Lightly sautéed?
1: Well, not steamed.
0: Sure, sure,
1: sure. I'm going with the food analogy here.
0: Shaken, not stirred. No, I, every, every time that I have the opportunity to appear with just you or just Chris, I'm, I'm, I've decided to continuously come up with new and better ways to introduce you to really show how great both of you are. That's my new goal. Um, I appreciate I, that. Can I yeah. put in an
1: order for next time? Uh, let's go with fit and handsome. How's that?
0: I, you know what? I'd be happy to do that. I could, <laughs> you no, know, I'll, I'll throw on whatever you want me to. Um, so, you know, we, we've been talking a lot about, uh, roster construction and I kind of wanted to delve into something a little bit deeper with you this fine, this fine day. If that's all right with you. Yeah. Yeah. What do you got? Justin Houston and Eric Berry. We've, we've talked about them a lot already and we're going to talk about them a lot more. There's no way around it. Two of the biggest decisions the Chiefs have to make this offseason, arguably the two biggest, because I would postulate that tagging Ford is a bit of a no brainer.
1: You won't get any argument from me. I think because of his year and because it came in a contract year, I think you want to keep that that single year kind of motivation uh, yeah. under D Ford. So yeah, I agree with you.
0: And he also, you know his his response, which maybe I'm sure his agent probably had a word with him after this. When, <laughs> when you know what I'm talking about when they said, you know, hey, would you would you sign a, a, a franchise tender? And he was like, if someone offered you fifteen million dollars, would you take it? Like, I'm sure his agent was like, no, don't make <laughs> like, it sound like you wouldn't hate the tag because that takes away all their leverage to not tag him. Because obviously, be convinced. <laughs> yeah, obviously, it's it's best for him to hit the free market right now after having such a great year. Although, like what we talked about uh last time, there's a ton of pass rushers hitting the market if a bunch of guys don't get tagged. So I I don't know. But I think tagging Ford, given the year that he had, um, I think given how much Spagnolo needs pass rushers, I think that's a no brainer tagging him. Yeah. Um. Well, and then, I think uh,
1: yeah. on top of that, not to interrupt you, but what we've seen, I mean, we've been covering this team now. Heck, we've been covering it together for a couple of years. Yeah. And beyond that. What is it now? Seven, eight for you. And I'm right at six.
0: Uh, it's been about nine years for me.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Even more than I thought. So, I mean, folks, if you don't know the history, we've been doing this for a long time and we've seen this kind of, fall off in pressurability and and that's what I like to call it I just made up a word nice um but the demise of Tamba Hali yep the the slow attrition that we saw yep i uh, i think and i think honestly we should talk about these guys individually but the defense as a whole i think i think they were too late on Tamba they were too late on DJ and i think that this particular administration feels like um like they're a little bit more aggressive even with the guys that are on the current roster, certainly the guys that they're acquiring. But yep. I, I think that's that's where they have to be and try to stay ahead of the curve.
0: I think that uh I think that you're absolutely right. I think you have to be aggressive. I think the the Bill Belichick model, not necessarily for drafting, he's not a very good drafter, to be perfectly honest. He's just a better coach than anyone else. Um but his model for getting rid of players a year too early or a couple years too early even, uh, it works. I mean, like take for example even if you want to take an example of guys he didn't even get rid of early, like Chandler Jones, right? Phenomenal mm-hmm. pass rusher. Um, one of the top, probably five pass rushers, edge rushers in the NFL. And Belichick got rid of him without blinking and still managed to generate a ton of pressure in the playoffs. So he co- yeah. he, he trusts his coaching, but he is not willing to, to overpay for positions. And now he's managed to coach up Trey Flowers into a really good edge rusher. Um, and
1: Trey's, Trey's going to fall apart as soon as he leaves.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm afraid he might. I don't know. He looks so good against the Chiefs, so that, that gives me a lot of hope because you can't perform well against Mitch Schwartz without having some of the goods. But then you wonder, well, is it scheme because they did so much stunt and stuff, which, by the way, this is off topic. Everyone should check out Mitch Schwartz's Twitter timeline because he actually talked about the Patriots game a little bit and some of the things they were doing that gave the uh, the defense problems. And Mitch or Jeff? Mitch. Oh, okay. He even he commented how the edge rushers were getting chipped constantly if it wasn't a quick throw and then they took advantage of 3 on 2 inside. And it was it was an interesting thing cuz players normally will not do that. Yeah. And so that was very cool of them. Uh hopefully it didn't get him in trouble. But anyway, you know, so talking about, you know, players a year early rather than a year late. You know, with DJ it happened re- pretty fast. Like he yeah. went from, you know, kind of losing a step to like, holy crap, what happened to DJ? Very quickly. Yeah. Um But with Tom, like you said, it was a slow fade. Now, Houston was still an excellent football player last year, and so that makes it tough with him. But his salary, I mean, we're talking, that is quarterback money that yeah. he's making.
1: I, and that's the thing, when I come um, back, and I, we'll talk about EB here in a bit, but let's focus on Houston.
0: Yeah, we'll stick with, let's
1: stick so, with Houston. exactly what you just said, the, the level of that contract. And I always felt like, when they signed that, still having faith in what Dorsey's plan was, I always felt like this was the year where they were to either renegotiate or would have to move on Be- because of this elevation and how much you're sinking into one player, who then, on top of it, has then had this injury history that we couldn't see coming the, here's at the, the time thing with his contract, but has now and really proving to bite this contract the in the, the rear.
0: Past. I am so mad when I look at his over the cap or spot track because his yearly cap hits. In 2015, it was 5 million. In 2016, it was 13 million. Every year after that has been around 20 million, including next year where it'll be 21.1. They had cap space when they initially, you know, wanted to, to do some stuff. When Dorsey wanted to do stuff, they still had some cap space. Mm -hmm. They did not need to make his 2015 hit that low. And I mean, again, you know, how much of a difference would it make, you know, to make it not like, you know, if they'd made it, you know, 15 million that first year, I mean, that at least would make his cap it next year. Maybe, you know, 19 or 18, save you a few mil. That still frustrates me, especially when you factor in the next year. They should have just made it because the average salary is 16.8. You know what? If he were a 16.8 hit next year, I'd be cool with that.
1: Yeah, I mean, that 5 million buys you something. It buys you it another state or at least does. half a one.
0: It absolutely does. And so here's here's the deal, and I know we're going to stick with Houston right now. But when you view him um, on an island, what you see is a guy that had a, a good year last year, does have an injury history, on the wrong side of 30, um, barely on the wrong side of 30. But true. still on the wrong side of 30, and a guy that a lot of people already think has slowed down a little. I'm not sure how true that is or isn't. But he's also a guy that I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say it, and I don't know if I agree with this necessarily. There are people that question his effort. And those those questions are out there enough that it's at least worth thinking about. You know, is he a guy that lets other stuff affect his level of play? Now that I don't know if I buy. I don't. I don't think I do either. I I might buy that he was frustrated with Sutton's system, and that resulted in him saving energy some snaps where he knew nothing was going to happen anyway.
1: Yeah, and that could be true. And I'll take it a step further. He's a guy that I think can can play multiple positions. Mm-hmm. In this, this coming defense, but I'm not sure he's an ace at any of them.
0: Yeah. If none of them are necessarily his home. Yeah. Um, now I, I think you could argue him as, as the, as a defensive end who then plays, you know, wide nine sometimes and then more traditional defensive end other times. Mm-hmm. I think he's home there. The problem is you can't have that end default. Yeah. Well,
1: and, and then you're taking Breland speaks off the field.
0: Yeah, or you're taking Breland Speaks off the field, which I don't think they're planning on doing.
1: Well, and whether they're planning on it or not, I mean, there's something to be said that maybe he hasn't developed like you, like you wanted him to. The switch to OLB clearly didn't go as well as they'd hoped. But here's the thing. In, at the end of the day, you spent a very quality draft pick on him and you got to get something out of him. Right.
0: See, and I, I never view things that way. I think some, I think looking at sunk costs is a terrible idea, but I do think teams view it that way. Um or maybe they view him as a guy that they can get something out of, right? Mm-hmm. And so they think uh they they uh they, they might use that, you know, kind of I, I don't know. That might be a justification to get him on the field more. And so I, I don't know. There there's a whole lot going on there when it comes to Houston. And so we'll we'll keep chatting about that. We gotta pay the bills very quickly and we'll keep talking about Houston, then we'll move into Barry right after this.
1: Are you looking to reach new customers? I could be mentioning your business right now. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with their sponsors than on web pages or other forms of media. Our demographic is 98% males and offers more opportunities than traditional media audiences. Have your company sponsored this podcast today? Email us at lockdownchiefs at gmail.com.
0: So there's a lot of, of. Complicated stuff with regards to Houston enough that it makes me babble almost senselessly for like 20 straight seconds. Um, <laughs> I did, but it's kind of weird. And so I just, you don't want him off the team because he can play and the defense they can play. And they need a leader and they need a leader that's on the field. They do. And Barry hasn't been on the field and it's tough. You know, Houston, I would say. I, last year's team, I would say their three best players were all three guys up front, Jones, Ford, and Houston. Mm-hmm. And do you really, on a defense that was already that bad, you want to get rid of one of your best three players? Now, if they've got a plan for replacing him, fine. Then you come to the second, you know, and so that, that I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is with him. I do know the 21.1 mil is a lot, and I know the possibility of saving uh 14 or 15 mil about if you cut him, that's a lot of potential cap savings 15 mil for that year that buys you that, that that's the first year deal of a mega deal right there right yeah. you know you can you can you can cut houston and sign you know you could sign demarcus lawrence with that you know i mean not that he'll hit the free agency he won't um but that's a huge... But talking dollars. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's the significance
0: yep. of it. and that allows you to to front-end load a mega contract a little bit to where it doesn't kill you down the stretch where you need to pay Pat Mahomes. Um, so there's a lot going on there. That's a lot of money. And then there comes the even more complicated one, Eric Berry. Well, and here's the thing. Them together, these are... And this is kind of why
1: we're talking about it today, folks, is because... These are the linchpins, not only from a leadership and locker room standpoint, not from on the field standpoint, not just from the salary standpoint. They have to make these decisions before they can move on, before they can get active in free agency. Honestly, what we talked about with Houston before they know what they want to do with Ford, I think this all is tied together with these three players. Yep.
0: I definitely think the fates are intertwined. Um, you know, I mean there's one world where they could say, "Ah, let them all walk and have like, you know, an extra 45 million in cap space and see what happens. Yeah. Um, but man, that's tough. That's tough. I'm not signed up. Yeah. For that. I, I don't like the idea of letting Ford and Houston go in my perfect world. And I, I'm going to be writing about this next week at the athletic, what I would do if I were Brett Beach. I like the idea of keeping Justin Houston around. I like, mm-hmm. here, here's the deal with Eric Berry. There's so much going on behind the scenes there that I almost I'm afraid that there's some kind of fractured relationship that we don't know about.
1: Well, and I, I'm glad that you brought that up, because what we talked about last segment was a leader on the field. Right. And I I personally feel like I saw the entire defense up their their energy level up their performance when he was on the field. Right. And that was just another sign that that he has to be out there. He can't lead from the sidelines. He can't leave from the film room. It just doesn't work. They need his presence if he's gonna be able to do it.
0: Right. And that's and that's the big question, you know, are you getting back? Are you guaranteed a healthy Barry? Um there's a lot going on here. I'm concerned that there's no reports that he hasn't had surgery. And we talked about that last time. Yeah. Um it's been a few weeks. That's weird. It is. Because
1: Normally you would see, hey, you know, the season ended, he wasn't able to play, we're out of the playoffs, we're gonna yeah. cut on him this week and he'll be on the the road to recovery.
0: Yeah, my understanding is that this is something up to like a six month recovery.
1: It's significant.
0: And now, now I did see, um, a few people that have talked about, I mean, and you would know way more about this than I would. I mean, it depends on the person, right? Yes. Um, and I, you know, with everything I've heard about Barry when it comes to rehab and recovering, it sounds like he attacks it, but you just never know. I've heard that it could be, you know, it could be three months. It could be nothing.
1: Well, it depends on the procedure, right? If it's if they have, you know, especially imagery, um MRIs or whatever that tells them that the, the Achilles is intact, but he's got that Haglund deformity, right? Where so there's there's issues with it, the heel structure itself, but the Achilles is okay, uh, then it is a much shorter recovery. But if they have to either splice, uh reinforce, or in worst case scenario, detach the Achilles and reattach it with a medical device, which is usually screwing plates. I'm sorry, plate and screws. <laughs> <laughs> I, that that is the six-month, eight-month recovery, and, and that puts him at a point between his age, his contract, and his recovery from past physical injuries. So this has nothing to do with cancer, but that puts him in a spot that I'm not sure that he can recover on this team.
0: Yeah, that's a lot. And so th- there's just a lot going on there, just a, a crap ton going on there. He, it, honestly, when I look at everything, if it were any other player but Eric Berry, and this is where I'm trying to figure out if I, I need to start taking emotion out of it. Mm-hmm. I would probably say maybe the thing to do is designate him as a post June first cut. Move on. Now I think you can only do that once the new year starts. Right. I believe least March year. three this year. Right. So it's like a, so, but it's before free agency. Right.
1: It's like the day or two before.
0: Yeah. So that's I mean that's important. Um. But I mean, here's the other thing. I mean. The the delay in surgery that makes you feel like maybe the team is waiting to give him surgery because they don't want him to fail a physical. Cause you remember this time last year, everyone hoped that D Ford would be able to pass a physical so they could cut him, which just goes Mm -hmm. to show how quickly all this stuff changes. Right. I mean, everyone wanted D Ford cut. Everyone wanted whatever his cap hit was last year. It wasn't even that bad. Everyone wanted the eight million instead of D Ford or whatever it was. Yeah. That just goes to show how quickly this stuff could change. Imagine now if D Ford came out and said, Yeah, I'll sign for eight million a year, people would be freaking out, jumping all over themselves, telling the Chiefs to sign him long term for that.
1: Yeah. I mean, that would be the the common sense approach because of what he's been able to do this season in in terms of boosting his value. Right.
0: And so I I, with with Barry, I, I just it's weird that he hasn't had surgery. I would assume the team has to sign off on any surgery he has. And maybe that's why he hasn't had surgery because the team has said, nope, we don't approve it. And I'm guessing if he has surgery without team approval, that would probably – I was having a chat with a good buddy of mine on Twitter about this, and, you know, we both kind of agreed that that would probably void aspects of Barry's contract if he had surgery yeah. without the team approving it.
1: Right, yeah. But it's then, written into most player contracts that the the medical staff with the team has to – not necessarily approve, but – uh Co-sign off of of any surgical
0: procedures, right? Which makes sense. I mean, I get that as a team with an employee. So I just don't know if that is this a stall tactic on their part? Um Because even if he had surgery today, I don't think he'd pass a physical in March. No, pr- certainly not. And so, and so, I mean, I saw some people speculating. Oh, maybe his people are telling him to delay the surgery so he can't pass physical, so he for sure can't get cut. Well, I don't think that's Barry's call. And, and it wouldn't, it would make sense for him to have surgery immediately because again, he could have had it two weeks ago and still failed a physical. Well,
1: here's the thing. He's not, he wasn't held out because he couldn't pass a physical. I mean, he's passed a physical. He's cleared to play right now. His status has not changed. So there's no reason to think that he couldn't pass a physical because they've already done it. Right.
0: And so that's, and the only thing that would alter that is surgery. Here, man, this is time flies when you're mindlessly speculating about complicated things. This is the weirdest (laughs) off season in years. We're gonna take one more break. We're gonna come back and keep trying to figure out this Barry thing. Because I also want to talk to you, Ryan, about how I think the Barry thing and the Houston thing are unfortunately a bit overlapped. And so we'll we'll talk about that. Uh Ryan, you lead the way, my man, because I have concerns. I think overlap might be an understatement.
1: Folks, we'll be right back and we will talk about how they're gonna work together. We have a powerful new feed to tell you about. Check out lockedonnfl.net on Twitter. It is all the inside information from our hosts for all the locked on shows for all of the NFL teams in one Twitter feed. That's lockedonnfl.net on Twitter. Check that out today. I, I, I understand the word, the use, but here's my thing. I think it's more than overlap. I think they're tied together because I don't think either guy is going to play not only to his peak performance if physically capable, but I don't think either one's going to be happy to play on this team without the other one, and that is EB and Houston.
0: I think you're right, and that's a real problem. Um You know, they both supposedly, um they were both upset when Marcus Peters got traded. And so for either of them, and you know that the both of them had some acrimonious contract negotiations with the Chiefs in the past. Um, that's not a good background. You know what I mean?
1: Well, and I'll take it a step further. After Marcus Peters' comments last week, pre-Super Bowl, uh, about dealing with Justin Houston and, and hanging out with him, they're still tight. Uh, and if you let Justin Houston go, if you release him, he will be a ram. I will tell you that nearly 99%.
0: Right. Well, they're going to need an edge rusher, and a lot of their one-year guys are going to be gone. Yep. Um. So, I mean, because, yeah, they only signed Sue and Fowler both for one year, right? Uh, That's my understanding. I know Fowler. I'm not 100% on Sue. Yeah, Sue might be another year. I can't recall. Anyway, um, I, I just don't – I'm trying to picture this scenario. Of the two of them, I would rather, when I factor in all the scenarios, I'd rather keep Houston around. Agreed. I can't – I'm trying to figure out if you cut Barry – don't let him have surgery because you need to cut him, which from the player's perspective, he's going to view that as screwing him over because that delays his recovery time. and makes him that much diff- more difficult for any other team to sign him.
1: That's very right? true. Yeah, that's, that's going to put, although I will say this, if he, there's a, there's this back and forth that we've had all season about whether they feel he's physically capable or whether he feels right. So there right. is also the thing that that may occur, and he may go to another team or look into another team and not end up feeling like he needs surgery. Right, And then it's going to come down to motivation because I'll tell you this, just like Houston, if they cut Eric Berry, he's an Atlanta Falcon next week.
0: Yeah, I could see that. Although, again, he is in a little different scenario. I think teams are going to be a little more careful with him. Yeah, maybe. Because that injury thing, that sitting out, that's weird. Teams don't like weird. It's a risk. And I, I would just say like, you know, people talk about loyalty and I understand all that. But I mean, if the team's perspective is, Hey man, we cleared you and you know, their, their perspective could be that, you know, Hey man, we sunk, you know, $30 million into you with almost no return. We've given you $30 million. You're welcome. <laughs> right. You know, that's all we owe you. That could be how they feel. Um, the team clearly tried to like almost, I mean, they treated his comeback like this huge deal. Mm-hmm prior to the Chargers game, and I mean, he he wasn't even in the hype videos after that.
1: Yeah, and I found that kind of curious.
0: Is that me reading into things too much? Maybe, for sure, but I don't know. I just hear what I can't imagine, though. I just can't imagine if Eric Berry would feel screwed. I can guarantee that, even if, you know, yes, the Chiefs paid a lot of money. And you can't predict injuries. That's not really Berry's fault. I'm sure he wanted to play. Although again, that's what people question, given everything that happened this year. But he would feel screwed over. There's no way he wouldn't. Now, in Justin Houston's mind, you've screwed over two of his best friends in football. Right. I, I just can't picture that. I, I feel like a trade demand would come from him. Yeah, that could be part of it. Yeah.
1: I, although you're not going to get any takers at his his cap level.
0: Right, and that's the issue there. So then you just cut him eventually anyway. Yeah. Um, I mean,
1: let me be clear. That, in my mind they need to work it out with both of them to reduce their salaries and restructure and keep them both. That's, that's what I think is best for this organization. I don't know if the relationships have gone past the point of rescue uh, for that to occur or whether the team even evaluates either of them as still being productive enough to be worthy of extension uh, by way of restructure.
0: Right. I, the problem is I've, I've looked at some of the restructuring numbers and even though it's doable, every time I look at them, I can only think, why would they do it? Mm-hmm. Why would the player do it, especially at, Houston? At two guys at thirty years old, yeah, right. Well, especially Houston, and I mean Barry too. But, but you know, Barry it's a little bit different because I think Barry gets less in the open market than Houston does
1: because of the positional um, need,
0: because of positional need, and because of recent track record. Yeah, you know Barry's track record is a dude that hasn't has barely played for two years, and when he came back, didn't move the needle that much. Houston is coming off a season where I think he had, what, nine sacks in 10, 11 games. Mm-hmm. Um, who, who played really well in some of the biggest games the Chiefs had. Um, and so I think he's much more, I think he's, he's got a bigger likelihood. Although again, you know, we saw Michael Bennett last year. If you're an edge rusher on the wrong end of 30, it can be tough. It can. The NFL is very feast or famine with what it offers people. But with Barry, I mean, there's just no way to figure out what the market might be for him. And I wonder if players don't really like uncertainty.
1: Oh, I'm sure they don't. I mean, that's the number one thing. Guys plan years ahead for having to hit the free agent market.
0: Right. And so I, I don't, I just, I don't see a lot of good options there for the restructuring, especially considering where the financial relationships have been previously, because we know that renegotiate, that negotiating extensions for both Barry and Houston were, they took time and The rumor is that Clark Hunt had to step in.
1: Right. And I think that's you still see that, you know, spoiling some of the relationship today. The fact that things aren't as open, the fact that there isn't that great a communication or or Eric trying to protect himself from what he feels the organization is trying to do. Right. You know, I think that all flows back to how those negotiations went down.
0: I absolutely agree. So I guess what I would say is this. If that's the situation they're in. If they feel like the relationship is bad and there's acrimony there, then I do think the move is to, from a business perspective, mind you, and this is, I mean, I've loved watching Justin Houston. I've loved watching Eric Berry. I love two of those guys. I assumed both of them were lifelong chiefs. hmm Or at least, like, to the very end of their careers, like DJ.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. However... I think the business sense move, if there is acrimony between the team, I think if you're the team, I think if you're Andy Reid, you meet with them and you say, Hey guys, how do you feel about the uh, Spagnolo? How do you feel about, you know, our chances at a Super Bowl next year? Mm-hmm. See what they have to say. See what they want to do. And then, I mean, I think you need to have the business guys present too and say, well, look guys, here's the deal. Um, you know, you know, you know, with Barry, if Barry's like, yeah, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I, you know, maybe they've already, maybe the plan is maybe they've already had his surgery, right? And maybe he's already in recovery and just no one knows about it. If that's the case with him. Okay, fine. Fair enough. You Keep Barry around. Right. Maybe Houston's willing to restructure. I don't know. I don't know. But, but if, if the relationship has deteriorated, maybe it is best to just cut your losses, make the business decisions. And and start over completely fresh with a defense with a fresh group of leaders. Because make no mistake, leadership should arise on the defense. I don't know if Chris Jones is the perfect leader. I mean, he he likes to clown around, but he seems to have put in the work. The Mm -hmm. other players love him. Kendall Fuller is a guy that I think can provide leadership in the secondary. And you can also bring in guys to help with that too and have it be kind of a turnaround thing. Have it, you know, walk up to Chris Jones and say, hey man. You are one of the best defensive players in football. This is your defense now. You ready are you ready to do that? Fletcher Cox does. Aaron uh,
1: Donald does. Uh, You're going to mean mentioned with those guys quite a bit. Why shouldn't you? Yep.
0: Absolutely. And that's and cuz that and that's the thing. If you remove Aaron Donald from the universe, Chris Jones is in the conversation for the best defensive lineman alive. Do right. And so and so I I I think you can do that. And so it's just funny how much opinions can change in just a few months with the, with the way everything's going. The, the Barry and Houston situations are the weirdest ones I can remember. And I just think they're almost held hostage by those things until they decide on those two issues, especially
1: agreed. Yeah. And that it, it sets up the entire offseason and the rebuild of this defense. Right. Well, folks, we're going to continue to watch this as soon as we know something, you'll know something. Um, but we are really interested to see if there are things that we just don't know about or if, if this is going down the, the track that we think it is. So uh, we will revisit it as soon as we find something out or that there's any uh, rumblings about what they're doing with D4 because that will be a signal as well. Um, but check out what Seth has up on The Athletic. You don't want to miss that. There's free trials and whatnot and everywhere. And I'm always free because nobody would pay for me anyway. So check out RGR Football on YouTube. Uh, we'll be back with you next week. where We have some guests lined up. Uh, I hope you guys are having a good one. And we will talk to you then. Subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Chiefs. Check out my work at RGR Football on YouTube, Chris's work on lockedonchiefs.com, and all of Seth's film analysis at theathletic.com. Thanks for listening.